Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Hello, and thank you so much for spending your Friday night, maybe into Saturday morning. It's not such a surefire thing as it normally is when we start at 11.15 Eastern Standard Time. But we thank you so much for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. Um, well, the origins of Thanksgiving don't have, like, maybe the best story behind them. I do appreciate a few things. One, uh, always good to take time for some gratitude about how much we appreciate in our lives. And I certainly appreciate both of the fellas that are on the screen with me, the entire Fightful community, Sean, Jimmy, and all of my co-hosts, everybody that make up Fightful. Uh, I've been here just over a year and it's been such a wonderful thing in my life. And the other thing that I'm thankful for is Alex Pulaski's hat. Uh, <laughs> you are styling, my friend. Uh, I'm going to remind you to get in your super chats and your humper chats at humperchats.com. Uh, and please leave a thumbs up on this video. It's the easiest way, the freest way that you can support us. And we do appreciate that support. Also remind you to subscribe to Fightful Select, where not only do you get the latest, greatest breaking news, but you also get things like me and Pulaski behind the paywall for premium live events and pay-per-view. So we will have your Survivor Series post-show, just me and Alex, sour graphs in it up. And of course, we have Alex Cardoza in the house. And while you're getting in those super chats and humper chats, I'm going to check in with the fellas. We'll start with you, Cardoza. How are you? I'm doing better. You know, it's also a uh, nice happy Thanksgiving to the both of you. And um, I'm happy to be here with you on a very Black Friday, spending my time with you beautiful people. Hell yeah. Did you get any deals? Um, I've spent a lot. And um, <laughs> here's the problem. I have a brand new house that I need to pack with brand new things. So oh, that's a fantastic the problem, excuse. It, yes. 
But there's also a, a mortgage coming too, so you know, Daddy's in trouble. Well, Pulaski moved not that long ago, which is why he's nodding in agreement. I don't know if the turkey was also in the move. Um, he does look like the gobbledygooker. Um, mm. But was is he a new addition or did he move with you? Oh Alex? no, he's he's been, he's been in the family for years. Oh, uh, I, I brought I brought him out. I brought him out last year. He comes out every every Thanksgiving so. weekend. Got got to got to got to bring out the hat. Uh, I love it because because then I can just nod and then the turkey nods too, and it looks it's like true. the turkey is agreeing with you. Uh, this is the first time that we have uh, put up Christmas lights on on our new house. So we, we did that this weekend because it's like fifty degrees. We're like, well, listen, we better like take advantage of the good weather. Heck but yeah. apparently, from we heard from the laborers, the people that we bought the house from never put up any Christmas lights. So like there was no like we expected there to be like little hooks where they had left the like spot where the, you put the Christmas. Nope. We had to get up there on the ladder and drill holes into the siding and put the little hooks up there and everything. And it looks really good after one day. We're going to do more tomorrow and then more on Sunday. We want to we want to be that house. Everybody in the neighborhood is like, seriously, that's what, that's, that's who we want to be. I like that. I love that. My parents' house, they had like quite a journey between my childhood home and where they ended up now. And it had like this huge bay window. And before they even bought the house, I was like, that is a leg lamp window. And it's been referred to that ever since. They do have a leg lamp. We did do the whole scene. I oh. love the holidays. I am such a mark for Christmas. So you will be getting obnoxious updates for me as the season goes on. I know both of you are too, actually. So very excited. I'm a about huge that. Christmas dad. I cannot li listen. There's been a shortage of peppermint mocha at Starbucks, and I've been so upset. <laughs> <sighs> so not only are you into Christmas, you're as basic as I am about it, which I appreciate. I got my Uggs and my sweatshirt on <laughs> as we speak. When I, whenever I leave, I mean in the morning to go get my coffee. Not as we speak, because I'm not wearing a sweatshirt right now. I love it. I love it. it. Makes me feel less alone in my basicness. Mm -hmm. But I also loved a few things that we saw tonight. I liked others, but we are going to start with AEW today in a rare twist. It was on first at a very weird time, but made me happy. I have no complaints about it, even though it'll be a ratings killer. Before we dive in, though, over Ryan Ben six 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 saying. Alex, gotta say, I love this hat. We're loving it. We are loving the fashion. I feel like the Jacksons mm -hmm. are going to end up wearing it next year. It's oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, it feels it's very, uh, it, and in good condition, considering it's been there for a few years. Good oh, on the whole you. thing is you only, you only got to wear it, like, once or twice a year, maybe. So then it goes right back into the box, and so it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, doesn't get a lot of wear and tear. That's a very good point. That's a very mm -hmm. good point. Uh, Jake Salazar chiming in saying that, Got to buy me, uh, got me a buy one, get one free 32 inch TV today. It was self checkout oh, only, though. God is good. Buy one, get one 32 inch TV. We put them I, side I think by th side. I think that's why he got one free because mm. it was self checkout only. <laughs> <laughs> we won't, uh, we won't speculate on any of I mean, that. I listen, I, I honestly don't care. But I'm seeing a lot, a lot of, a lot of this on on the timeline. That's you know what, you live your best holiday. Louise saying, Jake, please DM me the the link and the address of that account, so I we will find out whether it was uh, a heel purchase or a baby face purchase mm -hmm. in the very, very near future. But 
We're going to start with AEW Rampage, which I felt was a fun episode considering what we had going on tonight. We started with the ROH tag titles uh, between FTR and Top Flight. Very nice to see Dante and Darius both in action. I don't know if that's going to be the case for long, as it sounds like Dante may have gotten injured at this taping. But this match was kind of short but effective. What I really liked about it was I felt like FTR, because they're, in in my opinion, the best tag team in the world right now. You can pick and choose stylistically with some other ones that are out there. But I felt like... It grounded the top flight a little bit. Not stylistically, obviously. It's always going to be like high flying with them, but it kind of helped rein them in. And I felt like most things made sense in this match. But ultimately, FTR wins with the big rig on Dante here. A fun opener to Rampage. We see these these high energy tag matches kick it off a lot. Uh, Cardoza, what did you, th- I'm sorry, basic Alex, what did you think of this tonight? <laughs> My- yeah, I thought I thought it was a good match. I, if these two um could stay healthy, if Top Flight could stay healthy, it, it'll they they can really. Per Anthony Bowens on Twitter, Dante's fine. Uh-oh. Are you- oh, like, good. Right? He's scary, but he's okay. So well, he would know be better good. than I would. So that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so gosh, that's, is that's good. Alexis breaking up a little bit. I always just assume it's my internet. So this is almost like exciting no, I'm, for me. I'm, see, I'm seeing it as well. Okay. We'll pull Alexis off the screen real quick and give him a second to reboot. And we will also trigger my Amazon Echo device. <laughs> Basic Alex stole my internet. Ever since I yelled at Optimum several times for days and weeks in a row. And mine's been holding up a little bit better, so I will take it. But Pulowski, what did you think of the top flight versus FTR match to open us up? Um, I be- I hope this is the beginning of a of a of a rivalry for the next couple of years. I love the story of the young team looking at the established best team in the world and saying, "That's what we want to be. We want to be the best team in the world, um, and we respect the hell out of you guys, but we have to beat you in order to be better than you." And them trying and trying and trying. And then when they finally uh, cross that uh, threshold, uh, ascend that mountain, um, the the respect handshake and the putting over of them by FTR, uh, I think could be a really cool little story. Um, I, I've often thought that if you're going to do something in ROH with the tag belts, the best thing to do would be have a team like FTR with the titles to start off your ROH show and build a younger tag team to feud and then eventually overcome them, what a rub it would be if Top Flight were the team to take the ROH titles off of FTR. So, Not only do I agree with that wrestling insight, but so does your hat, which makes it just very, very fun. Let's see if we can get cartoons. The hat, the hat very rarely disagrees with me. It's true. It's true. Uh, Cardoza, we'll switch back to you. We were, we're talking about fl- top light. We got a little bit of your thoughts in there, but you kind of stole my bad internet gimmick there for a moment, but, <laughs> but you were saying, uh, what, what were your thoughts uh, on this opening match? First of all, can you guys hear me? Okay. That's what I yes. want to know. Is that okay? Okay, good, cool. I don't know. Good. I have no idea what happened there, but anywho, um, yeah, top flight. They need to stay healthy. If they can stay healthy, um, it can prove that they can, uh, pretty much stand in the ring with any of these guys 
they were that this match was fun to watch especially with um you know also seeing uh uh dax back on 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 the screen dax and cash you know because we have not seen them very much on television so yeah uh i agree there i hope that they stay healthy too darius has had such a long road so uh just best wishes for of health for him and agreeing with what Pulaski said before too of like they seem ripe for that that ring of honor tag class like one really nice thing about AEW is they've always had a super stacked tag division but at the same time you're seeing teams like what bear country is now gates of agony is that their name I, they all sound like bad metal bands to me, but I think, or Iron Savages, they're the Iron Savages. Gates of Agony uh, is already an ROH team, but I think you can see, they they all sound like metal bands I went to see in college when I was there. Like, they all played Starland Ballroom, if you're, you're in the New Jersey area. My friend's bands opened for all of them, but uh, Iron Savages is who I was thinking of. They'll always be Bear Country to me, because I was a big fan of them before they ever signed, but... I think you're going to get to see them get reps and then hopefully build up to being on AEW television. But there's nothing to sneeze at with, with ROH. I just want ROH to get some dang TV. But we will move along to the Hobbs vignette. Not a ton to say here, except uh, he basically said that there's a side of him that we haven't seen. And he's coming to take something, which makes me wonder if he's coming after both of Samoa Joe's titles, if he is coming after just an ROH title, because I think Hobbs as an ROH TV title holder is something that could be really, really fun. I still feel like there's a lot of meat on the bone there with Wardlow, but there's also a very natural feud for Wardlow and MJF to have now. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts, not only on the Hobbs vignette, but what are next steps for him? I'll throw it to Pulaski first. Sorry, I'm used to throwing it to one guy. I, <laughs> one I, Alex. I pitched, this, I pitched this on Wednesday. I want Hobbs and Wardlow to be... Uh, to have their their careers intertwined for like five straight years, either they're they're feuding or there's a there's a grudging respect. A I, I straight up hate your guts, but god damn it, do I respect you? I want West Mantooth action all over this pairing, uh, and I need them to 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 be tag team champions briefly, um, and then to go their separate ways. Always like crossing in and out of their of their orbit. I think that they are magic together. They're so evenly matched. There's something about it that that was really, really cool. And I love the. Uh, there was the moment there after Samoa Joe won that match at full, full gear where they looked at each other and they seemed to have that same thought that I am espousing here of like, "You're really good. I'm really good. Maybe we should join forces and take out that son of a bitch." Like that kind of it. It felt like that to me, and I'm hoping that's where they go. That could be yeah, really fun. I Basic Alex, the floor is yours. <laughs> no, no, I was just, I was just agreeing. Like I was thinking about that, and we saw that with Claudio and Sheamus in WWE when they had their best of seven match, and it was just incredible what they were able to, you know, the clinic that they were able to put together as a tag team. I, I think they can work. They can run, run freaking through anyone. I mean, throw them in Ring of Honor, throw them anywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point, right? But I would love to see every time you see Hobbs and Wardlow on the screen them beating the living life out of each other because there's just there's gonna be some chemistry there man and Hobbs I love Hobbs you know this Kate yeah. I've been singing Hobbs praises since we've <laughs> met agreed I wish he and Starks kind of that their awesome feud was positioned a little bit better than it was but 
the big thing is I think both Starks and Hobbs came out of it better for the wear. So I will take it. And I agree. I think even if, even if it's not a proper tag team, either some sort of alliance or as Alex said, like rivalry, but one built on respect is something that could be very, very fun. We've got some overall super chats and Humphrey chats coming in more about, I think the holiday than even rampage, but Tom Valley saying, Alex, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. It would be a pity to damage yours. <laughs> Happy Fr Black Friday, everyone. Well, Tom LaValle, it doesn't always take just perfect breasts, okay? You set up a segue for us. We have a few ads to play tonight, but sometimes you don't always have access to perfect breasts. You know what I mean? Sometimes mm -hmm. when you want to go... I was, I was going to say pound some meat. That feels aggressive. So we're just going to play. We're just you know we play. care about that performance in wrestling, that main event performance. But maybe in the bedroom you don't have the confidence to perform. BlueChew.com and the code Fightful will help get you there. It's got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You know it's that good stuff. But it works on your schedule. Or maybe when you're not even ready and you want to get there. You consult with the online physician. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to wait in line at the doctor's office. No awkward in-person meeting. And if approved, it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. But there will be nothing discreet about your package when you use BlueChew.com and the code Fightful. But you know what? How about free? Get your first shipment free when you use the code Fightful. Just pay $5 shipping. BlueChew.com and the code Fightful. Get that main event performance. I don't think my dad has ever been prouder of me than what I just said, but we mm -hmm. <laughs> will move along. I love when people are like, hey, how dare you? But uh, Jake Salazar chiming in to, to confirm that he is a heel. Just call me Robin Hood, helping out himself maybe a little bit on that front. Listen, the, the, you, you, what do you do with an extra 32-inch TV? You just give it to a homeless person on the street, and, and, they, and they can then sell it. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's yeah. just beautiful. J.W. Prinkle saying an entire week of professional wrestling, but not one food fight? What in the worldwide... I don't know. What in the wide world of sports is happening post-Turkey Day? Love to y'all. Uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised that we weren't getting like Otis throwing mashed potatoes and stuff. It's true because we, we did have that last year. So we did, we did have it last year did. with the old regime. We, we've had it every year for the last 30 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a staple. But uh, we have a jukebox request for later that we will get That'll to. Be fun. But that will be very fun. But a fun opener here on uh, Dynamite. I forgot to also mention that we set up Danielson versus Dax Harwood on Wednesday. So, holy crap, that is going to rule. Uh, but we'll move along here. After the Hobbs vignette, we get a Claudio and Jericho Appreciation Society uh, exchange here that I know Pulaski in particular is going to be very excited about. But Jericho's mm -hmm. saying <laughs> that... He's put his blood, sweat, and tears into the ROH title reign, and that not even Claudio with a cheap shot can shut that down. Uh, asks who's going to uncrown him, take shots at the Blackpool Combat Club falling apart. Claudio basically points out that he knows he can beat him for the title. He's already beat him twice. 
And then Matt Menard throws down our 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 dear daddy magic. The stipulation that will ruin Alex's life probably for the next, I don't know, for the rest of the year, at least if this goes the way that it might go, uh, saying that, you know what, Claudio does have a lot to offer in retrospect, because before he was a great wrestler, he was a great sports entertainer, uh, so they will fight for the ROH title, or uh, Claudio is basically in the custody of the Jericho Appreciation Society, Jericho agrees and says it makes his nipples hard. Jericho not being able to handle when Matt Menard says that is one of my favorite things in wrestling. Like, he just always has a smirk on his face now. Uh, But here's the deal. I think it could be very fun if they go the way of Claudio wins. I think it would have to take something that we don't, coming um maybe danielson gets involved but i'm just so sick of seeing these guys fight each other i feel like i only see claudio fight chris jericho i feel like i only see the blackpool combat club fight the jericho appreciation society though boy oh boy i'm i excited for danielson and dax harwood obviously but um because i'm sure that Pulowski is gonna have a common rational take about this i'll throw this to him first um these groups, the BCC and JAS, lovingly referred to as YAS by me since the beginning, were formed within hours of each other. Like, the, the after Moxley and Danielson had their fight, then William Regal showed up and slapped them both silly and said, you're going to join forces. And under me, we will have this amazing group. We'll name it after the place I grew up. It'll be basically our thing, but it'll be basically about me, says William Regal. At the same time, uh, Jericho refused to shake Eddie Kingston's hand uh, and then decided, now I have a whole group of people who will worship me. Not you rubes in the audience, though, you too. But also these people in the ring will worship me. And they did the same. They 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 created each other, the sports entertainment group and the pure wrestling group, and they feuded immediately they hated each other which would you'd say okay fine but i was like okay well this is the thing and and obviously in aew wrestling will win this feud you 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 create a a troll group of sports entertainers in the pure pro wrestling promotion because they're supposed to get heat and they build the people who face opposite them will get rubs by defeating them. We'll cheer more for them because they're beating the bad guys, the sports entertainers. And uh, now that Regal has uh, turned on Moxley and chosen MJF, he's effectively excised himself from the group that bears his own name effectively. And uh, and Jericho, now with this stipulation, so the, so the group is, is hanging by a thread. You already see stuff building between Danielson and Moxley. They're, they're at odds over what to do about Regal. And Yuta, we have no idea what Yuta's even doing. And uh, Claudio's here, says, I want this title shot, ROH title shot. And we know, I mean, like, I know for a fact, they're never booking Claudio to take the title off of Jericho. Claudio was already the ROH champion for a time, and he lost it to Jericho. They're not, they're not just hot potatoing it back on Claudio. That's not a thing they're going to do. So Claudio is going to lose this match with this stipulation where he's going to then become Jericho's butler, I guess. Like, I don't know, like it's going to have to force to join the, the, the Jericho Appreciation Society, which effectively kills the Blackpool Combat Club dead, like dead, which means Jericho won. 
Jericho won the whole feud. The whole point of the feud was that pure wrestling wins out over sports entertainment. That's the whole ethos of AEW. And yet, by the end of it, sports entertainment will win. So we did all of this. What, eight months? Almost, it'll be over nine months by the time this is over. We did all of this for nothing. Unless the thing we were doing it for was to stroke Jericho's eagle, ego, which is what I said from the beginning. This is the worst possible thing in my in my view, because of how I have looked at this whole thing from the beginning, this is the worst possible way to end this. This is the worst possible thing to happen, not only for both of these teams in the long run, but also AEW, and I would argue for the business of pro wrestling in, in its entirety. This is my own personal hell. But yes, you're right. I had a very rational take about it. <laughs> You know what, though? It is rational and that you make a very fair argument with it. My only thinking is, there's, well, there's a few things. I'm not convinced that it doesn't end up back on Claudio because I'm wondering if, like Tony Khan, we see it so much, gets married to these long-term plans. He's getting married at, better at not doing it. We saw it with Jamie Hayter. Mm -hmm. We've seen mm -hmm. it now with the acclaimed, I think. Maybe that mm -hmm. wasn't the original plan. But if the idea was it was supposed to be on Claudio to, till TV and instead they had a drop on Jericho and now they want to put it back on Claudio because he did leave to film something for a short time, um, mm -hmm. maybe that's the way it goes. I feel like this is going to end up with Claudio trying to get free. But there are some suspicious things here in that uh, Garcia restated his allegiance and then has been nowhere to be found, which is a little weird. That's because it's because of Tony and I would argue Jericho's preference for Sammy Guevara over Daniel Garcia. That's what I would argue. They were building him up hard, though. I guess and and for whatever not, reason they said no more of that. So, it, well, um, if if not to pay off a babyface turn for him, why is he just not around anymore? So he might be waiting in the wings. I'm just planning it as a seed out there. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is the other part of this build has been Jericho taking out like. Bobby Cruz has been taking out Ian Riccoboni, like the other components that make up ROH. So you would assume that like Mr. ROH would be the person that's on the way here. To me, that's Gresham. It doesn't sound like that's in the cards. Jay Lethal is working heel. And I don't think in the current climate is the right guy for this. The person that I feel like would be the guy to take it off of him is Adam Cole, but we just don't know what his status is because He's kind of the only active wrestler that's available. I think that's a former ROH champion. Uh, and I think Adam Cole could do amazing, amazing things with it. Right. So it's just tricky. Like, I feel like I, I don't hate the idea of Jericho having a run with it because he literally proved in the beginning of AEW that if you strap a rocket to him, he can very, easily root your product to be something that's successful. I get the attempt to do that, but my goodness, like what is going on with ROH TV? Where is the story going? It feels like we're not getting any sort of payoffs here. We've got the nerd guru coming in here saying demoting Adam Cole to ROH would not be good in my opinion. 
I don't think it would be good either, but because we don't have TV, it doesn't feel like ROH is a demotion. It feels like another set of titles. And I also don't think if you're ROH champion, that means you only work ROH necessarily. But I would prefer it be that way. So we will see what happens. But there's a lot going on. I hope there's a swerve. I don't really like love where that's going either. I feel like we should have gotten a, a baby face payoff with Daniel Garcia. I don't want Claudio crossing over to the dark side just to fight free because we just saw that with Garcia, who then ultimately chose to end up back there. So I mean, here's the thing. I mean, if if Claudio ends up in the JAS, um, uh, then eventually him being there is going to lead to some kind of mutiny because he's not just going to show up there and be there happily for the rest of the, He's going to hate it. So he's going to have to like fight his way out. But with the way Tony Khan books things, I'm going to be dead by the time that happens. Like, it's just, it's it takes so long. Nine months, Kate, for this to end this way just feels really bad. We did get a chat here that Luis put a red flag of warning, reckless speculation alert on this chat, which is from Flame Inc. that said, my thought is that Jericho was trying to steal the spotlight from everyone when the elite went on vacation. He was in Tony's ear to make himself the top guy. I I can't subscribe to that because I... I mean... I, I know you think that way, but, like, when I look at, like, he tapped out to Eddie, he... Nine months ago and has not really put over anybody since. I don't... That... He like, I mean, to me, like the Danielson stuff was in favor of him later beating Danielson a bunch of times. Like, everything he's everybody he's put over, he's then gone above and beyond to squash them. Everybody he's feuded with looks worse now than they did when he feuded with them. That's not what you should be doing with your top heel. I mean, I don't think that it sounds like Orange Cassidy never paid him back for a seven thousand dollar jacket. So, I, I mean, think that, if that's anybody years ago at this point, that's years ago. So, it lives I'm in me. Saying, I'm just saying. I don't, I, my guess is truly, and again, this is completely reckless speculation. Jericho was revered with how he handled the backstage stuff after the brawl out. Yes, that's so I think, true. Yep. I think maybe they wanted to reward him for his yes. behavior and the way that he stood up there. And I also sure. think they think it's a safe bet while there's so much uncertainty around the ROH picture right now. And that I don't blame them for. What I blame them for is, oh my gosh, can we have one feud that involves a Jericho stable that doesn't take 900 years to end and uh, not really getting any sort of payoff yet. I'll say yet because I will watch it uh, mm -hmm. before I judge. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's kind of where my gripes are. I It's not a bad idea to put the title on someone who proved in your own company that right. they can anchor an entire brand. So... We're going to invite basic Wi-Fi Alex back on. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever had anything happen like this. I know you're. it's gimmick infringement, to be honest, but Graham V saying 2.0 nursing their son Daniel is still the best. Yeah, that was a very, very fun, fun moment. Uh, they've, they've been great in all of this, and I'm, I've loved their work around things. So, But we will move along. I'm sorry if you want... Basic Wi-Fi Alex's take on everything Jericho Appreciation Society related in this ROH picture. You can bug him on his Twitter. Uh, but we're going to move along to 
Tony Storm and what I thought was a really, really fun interview. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So the exciting news that came out of this today for me is that her interim reign was recognized as a women's championship reign. And gosh darn it, I feel like it should be. In this interview, she basically says that she broke her face defending her title and she'd do it again to get it back. She never viewed her title reign as interim. It getting recognized as real, I think, is great. I feel like she did an incredible job of navigating what was a very weird and unfortunate situation brought on by Thunder Rosa's injury um, and has been from an in-ring perspective such a, a great blend of what I think was a good evolution in the women's championship picture. I think you had great work with Sheeta. I think you had really solid work with Britt and great character. And I feel like Tony Storm really brought all aspects of that to life and her raid and did such a, a good job in that role. I think she made Hater look really great. I think that, what is it, the Storm Zero, that middle rope DDT is like one of the coolest finishers we've seen out of the women's division for sure. Loved everything about this. And I feel like even in a very short time, what her reign did was solidify her as being a real player here. She doesn't really need the title. I think she's going to be able to put on awesome matches and tell awesome stories without it. Uh, now that you're back, Cardoza, what do you think of this Tony Storm interview and her ring getting legitimized? Yeah, man, let me tell you something. I was thinking about this when when they were when they made the announcement. I was like, man, wouldn't that suck if they didn't want like at least acknowledge the fact that Tony Storm had it? You know, I was like, God, that would be so embarrassing. And literally, as I'm as I'm about to type, oh come on, AEW, 
they freaking made it official, <laughs> which was which was incredible. I think they should just drop the whole interim thing, but whatever. I mean, it, it this is the alternative, so why not something different? I think it was a solid interview. I think uh, it's a really good thing that they finally um, acknowledged the fact that, you know, she was a true champion. I mean, they even put it up on the website, what, 76 days, which is great. Like, um, I hope that Tony Storms comes back hotter than ever. Um, whatever feud they put her in, um, they should bring her right back into the title picture here in the next couple of months. And the women's division, we talk about this, Kate, every single week has gotten and so much better. And there has been yes. a huge turn in AEW. They have been, I don't know who they're talking to. Uh, I wouldn't know. But yeah, but they're doing a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I think um, this is the most consistent effort we've seen as well. We've seen them scale up and then take their foot off the gas and scale up and take their foot off the gas. This feels like they have authentically made a lot of improvements. Pulaski, what did you think of this interview? Tony Storm's reign, getting legitimized, etc. Um, I love what they're doing with her as um, being like, yeah, it really sucks that I lost and um, I'm hurt and uh, good for Jamie. I always knew she had this in her. And um, if you think I'm done, you're crazy. Just like that kind of energy, I think, is 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 good to see because it, it humanizes somebody in, in, in the moment of, of her greatest defeat um, to you need some time. People need some time to regroup. And I and I like like they, I love that they they really focused on the on the on the bruise under her eye, like just like no she's beat up, but but beaten but unbowed and she's going to come back. I think it's really great. I think so too. We have Tom Lavalley pointing out to us three women's segments and a one-hour rampage and another non-title feud. Just give me Sheeta versus Penelope. Women's division is growing. It really, really is. Mm -hmm. I think, and we'll talk about Athena in a moment. Like. We're seeing such cool stuff out of Athena, too. I think she's positioned to be not only a top heel, but a very different type of heel than they have right now. But before we move on to any of that fun stuff, we will move on to Darby Allen defeating Anthony Henry here, which was a perfectly fine match. We have Sting and J.D. Drake at ringside. Ultimately, this ends with Darby reversing a suplex into a Scorpion death drop, setting up for the coffin drop and the win here. There were some things I liked about this match. It was rather quick, but... I really liked um, Anthony Henry kind of targeting Darby's neck. It feels like such a vulnerable place to target on Darby, who is like somewhat unkillable in every other respect. It's like, well, if you can't breathe, there's not much you can do. But we see it a couple of times here. We see him get thrown uh, neck first into the apron before the STO. We see a <laughs> neck breaker. Um, so I, I like that he had a, a game plan in this. We knew how this was going to turn out, but this was perfectly suitable. Uh, Pulaski, your thoughts if you have any. And if you don't have any, please do your best Darby Allen impression because it makes me laugh. Anthony Henry, I beat you. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Does uh, your hat have any thoughts? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> Anthony Henry, I beat you. Beautiful. That was the first time we've had Darby Allen not say Malachi Black, I think, ever yep. in the history well, of the show. So. Uh, basic Wi-Fi, Alex. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a it was all right match. It seems to me like they're doing a lot of like little Ring of Honor stuff to me in my head. Like I feel like all these matches are going to be on Ring of Honor um, whenever they get 
any type of television on their end. I don't know why, but maybe these from Ring from Rampage will move on to that. I think when there's stuff that feels like there might be meat on the bone, but feels maybe underdeveloped or directionless, that's a very kind of natural uh, addendum to have. I would love to see more JD Drake on my screen, man. That guy's so good. He's such a unique kind of like wrestler in this space and that he's throwback e but works perfectly in the modern landscape like i i love jd drake and of course sting was out there brings things so you gotta love it but we will move along to this promo from heel athena freaking rules man uh she's basically said here that she's not going to apologize for murdering aubrey edwards last week but she was wondering when Mercedes was going to show up because she's beaten trash bag wrestler after trash bag wrestler. And she wants a shot at that ROH women's title. I wanted to root for Athena. And I think like her, the angel wings are so cool. Like I was kind of hesitant about what heel Athena might be in AEW, but I couldn't have been more wrong. I think this is working so well for her. I like when she introduces more hard-hitting stuff into her style because I feel like as athletic as she is, she she's really come a long way since this was like an issue. But I w- feel like I could see her telegraph things a little bit. Um, but I'm I'm loving this out of her. I don't think AEW has a heel that is like this. I think you have Britt and Jade who are like flashier. You have the sexier heels and Anna Jay and Tay. I don't think we have a heel that just kind of like fills this role. And I think she's a perfect woman to do it. I think it's, it's click and everything with Athena is clicking on me on all levels. Alex Pulaski, you're one of the biggest Athena slash Ember moon stands in the world. Not even a stand because you're just a fan. You're not obnoxious. It's always backed up by how wonderful she is. But what are your thoughts on heel Athena in this promo? Uh, I love it. Um, I, I think that, uh, the, uh, honestly, I think that, uh, that, uh, that oftentimes they're too quick to switch somebody's from face to heel. If it's not working, usually it's not working because you're not making it work. Usually it's the reason the baby face is stale is because you're not giving them good things for us to root for. Um, uh, but in this case, I think that it works because, they, as you said, they kind of have a void in the heel department of, for this kind of heel. Um, and uh, and I, I just I just want to see I just want to see Athena versus Mercedes Martinez. I just want to see that match. I'll, I'll I'll watch that two out of th- let's do like a little little informal best two out of three. Let's 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 do one of those and we'll see. We'll see who comes out on top at the end. I think it'd be great. Don't hate that idea. Not one bit. I think that could be a very fun feud. But guys, get in those super chats. Get in those humper chats. And leave a thumbs up on this video if you would be so kind. Also, subscribe to Fightful Select so you can see me and Alex and his turkey hat, who we will name by the end of the show, uh, if he doesn't have one already. Don't. On the Survivor Series SmackDown show. Or Survivor Series SmackDown show. Survivor Series Select post-show is what I'm trying to say. If you have names for Alex's said bird, feel free to super chat those in as well. Because uh, I feel like he might be a Ted, but I don't really know. 
So we get another women's segment. Very exciting to see uh, this very short match between Sheeta and Queen Aminata. I don't know if it's Aminata or Aminata. I think it's Aminata. So apologies for the lack of clarity around the pronunciation. But essentially, before the match even starts, we see Penelope and Bunny come to the ring. Uh, distracting Sheeta and Queen Aminata gets in a cheap shot here, but Sheeta responding with the katana and the falcon arrow. Uh, I think this was obviously extremely quick, but being used to set up something bigger here that I don't hate. Love seeing more women's talent on my screen, hoping that Bunny and Penelope are both ha- healthy um, and, and can get back in the ring soon. Bunny's work was really, really coming along when she got injured. She's a hilarious president on presence on screen as well and penelope ford man when she had come back from injury she was looking better than she ever had we'll throw it over to basic alex for this what are your thoughts in this quick segment yeah i 100 agree with you i think that um as we see more of the women on television here on aew it's, it's just I, i'm i'm gonna repeat myself like a broken record it's just getting better and better um like you mentioned about penelope and, and the bunny um two of the originals you know, I fell in love with Penelope and the Bunny the minute it came out. I, I never really watched any of their previous work. Um, I believe she was on Impact, right? So, like, I wasn't I'm, wasn't such a big fan of Impact because it was just really hard to kind of keep up with it. But, yeah, I'm I'm loving what they're doing now here in uh, AEW. And I hope, like you said before, it's, it's just I feel like every week they're setting little stories, little stories, little drops of things. And I'm getting hooked. I'm hooked by it, so. Yeah, and I think they're cycling in the right talent, too. Like, I feel like a lot of the talent that's grown uh, is getting spotlighted, and the supplemental pieces that they've brought in and have been performing consistently are also being highlighted. That's only going to get better when you have Chris Statlander return, Layla Hirsch, who I thought was awesome, doing awesome work, return, uh, Red Velvet. Like, we've got people coming back into the, the mix as well. So looking forward to that. But Pulaski, your thoughts here? Uh, love Sheeta. Uh, keep saying that the the way I put her is to build her to be the one to face Jade at Revolution, and have Jade Jade be forty nine and zero going into Revolution facing Hikaru Shida to go fifty and zero against her absolute toughest opponent she's ever faced, uh, and I'd have Shida be like riding like a ten match win streak herself going into it and being like, "This is it. Can Jade Cargill overcome?" perhaps the greatest champion that uh, women's champion that this uh, company's ever had. Uh, and can Hikaru Shida defeat the woman who cannot be defeated? Like that's, that is a main event level women's match in AEW. It's the top thing they could do. I think um, in, in that, uh, in the women's division and in revolution, which would be a change. Usually the CBS always CBS title always feels secondary but I don't know what they have planned for. It's probably Jamie Hader versus Britt Baker. So that'll probably be billed above Jade Cargill and Hikaru Shida. But that would be the way I would think to get on an evil playing field. Uh, Tom Lavalley saying the hat is the Gabagool Gooker, which I appreciate mm-hmm. very much. Hey, look at me. Uh, and I can't say that without doing this in my head. I don't know hey. why. The Gabagool Gooker. This yeah. segment was one minute and 11 seconds long i think so we'll do our own show however the hell we want to do it you can go watch something else if you don't like it we move along to our main event <laughs> the dark order versus butcher blade and roosh this match was fun but holy cow what we get in the turn from 10 is the story here 
This ends with Rouge hitting the ball horns on Silver. Uh, Ten turning the story, though. Ten is missing, but after Silver hits a standing slice, Red Rouge comes to the ring along with Negative One. Or I'm sorry, Rouge comes and hits, breaks up the hot tag. Ten and Negative One coming down to the ring. Ten stares Rouge down and then decks Silver. Post-match, we get Ten hitting Silver with the discus lariat. Negative one is distraught. Uno's getting beaten up. He's bleeding from his mask. Reynolds threw a table and then the clincher. Ten taking off his mask, dropping it at negative one's feet, and he is crushed. Uh, This is like... I have a lot of feelings about it, but we'll start with like the fact that it's a good textbook heel turn, right? Like, I feel like that's important. I didn't love that this was supposed to be a tag match and got bumped to a trios match when you have an unreliable third member. That's just dumb. Um, but I do like uh, a very blatant turn on your friend. And then anytime you're making a kid cry, that's just good wrestling fun, right? It's widely known in wrestling that Negative one and 10 have had a very close relationship through uh, negative one losing Brody, of course, as we like seemingly all feel like we lost Brody. Uh, but it's been very documented in real life how much uh, Preston Vance 10 has been uh, a big part of just being there, just being around. So to play off of that here, I felt like was really, really powerful. I felt like it eviscerated a, a real emotion. Um so I, I thought that was great. We do have a super chat here from Ryan who said, uh, Kate, I'm too lazy to type it. Please read my Dark Order opinion. Also, Alex, overload. Now, normally I want to do this with a text message, but he definitely sent in a dollar amount that was above what his character amount was in the text. But basically, he was hoping that this isn't a slow burn breakup of the Dark Order. He's hoping that Stu Grayson comes back and is the one to keep them together. I have some, like, torn up feelings about this. I'm glad to see the Dark Order being highlighted on television other than as something other than other people's lackeys. That was getting really, really annoying to me. Like, the Dark Order was Brody's thing. And they should... The story with Hangman was great. Um, but, like, when they're running out there for also Wardlow, like, this was just getting messy and all over the place to me. And I just felt like they deserved their own stories, right? So, um... Very glad to see that. I don't know if them breaking up is a bad idea, but I don't know if it's the right call. Uh, Pulaski, we'll start with you. What did you think here? Um, well, I'll, I'm going to steal Albert Albert's question here. At this point, is there even a use for the Dark Order? And if so, what? I mean, we'll raise, we'll been talking about the rest of that thing in a bit if you'd like um but just for that particular question i don't know that there is i mean for a lot for the longest amount of time it was i mean since brody lee's tragic passing it's been like hey adam hangman page we're your friends right and there is that back and forth and then they were and then adam inadvertently cost them the the trios titles and then that kind of wrapped up in a, in fine. And then they've been separated from Hangman. Hangman's obviously off with 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 the with the concussion uh, that he suffered several weeks ago. But um, I I think there's a there's a very good way of kind of like splintering the 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 Dark Order of it of it 
because it really like we already we already lost Anna Jay. She's she's gone. She went to the dark side with 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 Tay. Um, now Preston is has left. Silver and Reynolds, I think, are are a tag team. That's fine. Maybe it's the, maybe that maybe it's just a triumvirate. Maybe it's just uh, Eva Luno, Silver and Reynolds, and that isn't that basically all that's left anyway. Like the three of them can kind of be part of the the trios division, but like it's this is them. I mean, obviously they got a feud with uh, Los Faccione de, de and Gorbernables. Uh, I said that as as white as I possibly could. Um, <laughs> Uh, in honor of our of our esteemed guest, uh, <laughs> Alex um, but um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I I think that that I don't know I don't know what purpose they serve anymore. Is it, it basically it is kind of a it, it is kind of a of a nostalgia hit. Like every time we see them, especially if it's ever um, ever a negative one is involved, like tonight, like like today, it's like just it tugs at the heartstrings, like. Uh, uh, Amanda Huber was on on twi- on Twitter saying like ten like he was he was wrong to put his faith in you like invoking the memory of Brody Lee like that's th- those are some fighting words I I, I think that like apparently ten was on some podcast saying that negative one kept saying no 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 you should turn heel by beating me up like the little kid was saying you should get some real heat just beat the crap out of me. I love that it was a little kid who pitched it. I think that's a, like sure. Let's here's the deal. Um, I, I was wondering how long they could get this going, but there is like it, it they, they've said, hey, you've got a contract when you turn 18. So get this kid what as he gets a little older in the gym training. Like, let's let's hope he's more Nick Wayne than Dominic Mysterio. But by the time he's like 18 or 20 years old, him coming back. To take out Preston Vance, that's that's an immediate awesome feud that every all the old head AEW fans would really get behind. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff. Because Ryan came in underneath characters, this is the point, I guess, of either like yeah. kill them or rebuild them. The slow death is kind of what is what is rough about that. And that I 100% agree with. I'm very glad to see them having their own story on my television. I know yeah. Cardoza has been a proponent of a potential heel turn, which I think would be fun. But before we get to that, Christopher Spire is saying, to me, the Dark Order are just a bunch of jobbers. Time to move on from them. I don't think they are ring caliber wise. I think they've been booked as that. And I think that's part of the issue of like Grayson left and Preston or um, Alan Angels left, right? Like it just makes it hard when like certain members have left because they weren't featured in accordance with that and then you still have other guys kicking around right so that indecision has been impossible for them to navigate seemingly uh cardoza what do you think of the main event tonight and how we closed out the show yeah two things here um number one uh how is it that negative 10 of negative 10 negative one sorry negative (laughs) negative one (laughs) Because it is negative. That'll be their eventual tag team. Because everyone's gone. Um, (laughs) How does he already have a better storyline and better acting skills than Dominic Mysterio has had in in all of his WWE career? Okay. I think we got a chat that said that too. I'm being I'm being serious about this right now. Like, wow. Number two, Vance turning uh, heel. Very very well received by me because i need them to have real storylines real 
consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want them to feel special. I want to know what the Dark Order is going to do next now that he's gone. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it seems like they're doing something to get into the to step into the right direction. So I'm hoping it goes that way because you guys sure. know I love the Dark Order, but I need them to be more serious. And I know Kate, you've told me now, but it's okay. But I think it's I think it's time. I think it's time. Well, I feel like something needs to happen. That could be it. I'm not sure if it is, but this this is a move. So at the hope is for me that if they do something this drastic, they have a plan one way or the other. And to Ryan's point, that is not prolonged. But our own Luis Bolito, who's doing such a great job modding, as always, saying Brody Jr. on some bully shit, which is hysterical and kind of true. Yeah, he just wants that that heat, baby. And we've got Ryan chipping in more money because I played along, which I appreciate from my. Wednesday night co-host on the Mark Order who held it down while I went and hung out with my family this weekend. So thank you for that, Ryan. But uh, but yeah, so that closes out Rampage for us. Overall, I thought a fun show. I think they knew it was going to be on at 4 o'clock on Black Friday. <laughs> but a decent enough put together show. So before we flip into SmackDown, um, we will tell you about our friends at NordVPN because there wasn't anything tonight that I felt I would be embarrassed that people knew if my web was tracking it or anything. But should that be the case, which it has many times with WWE programming over the course of the past year, uh, NordVPN's got you covered. The best VPN in the game. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Block online trackers, annoying pop-up ads, unlock geo-block content. Maybe you miss the WWE Network. Maybe you want that AEW+. Maybe you want to subscribe to overseas services so you can get UFC pay-per-views at a reduced rate. Well, NordVPN.com slash Fightful allows you to do that. And you can do it with four months for free with that link. Not only that, you get your 30-day money-back guarantee as well. Just in case you don't like it for any reason. It works on all of your devices so you can do this stuff wherever you are. Maybe you're on that unsecured Wi-Fi at the airport, the hotel. Yeah, it can be dangerous. Your info is at risk. But you can still gain access to all that stuff. Check out all of your favorite shows or maybe shows you haven't discovered before with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Now with multiple tiers so you can get whatever services that you want. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. And before we fully dive into SmackDown, I have a couple of super chats that I needed to clean up from AEW that I didn't see. So we are just going to say that Orion Ben had the same thought as Cardoza did. How is negative one a better actor than Shamrock Shake already? He did a really good job with that segment. I meant to point that out myself, actually. Like, for a little kid, he definitely understood what he was out there to do and the point of that segment. My goodness. I shed a tear. I, I felt at that moment. I was him and someone let me down. Yeah. I, I felt it come down. I licked it. That, <laughs> the dropping of the mask was like a definitely a, a painstaking moment. And to go home on that, I thought was was really well done. But Albert Ponce also saying, Roosh is a beast, but seriously, how is he is booked on TV and Andrade is not. Is it a language issue because Roosh is better at English than Andrade? 
No, I think it has to do with the behavioral issue of him trying yes. to beat up Sammy okay. Guevara backstage. Yeah. Uh, Andrade is phenomenal in the ring, but I think, uh, you know, we saw one brawl out investigation. I doubt there's an investigation about this, but there might be other things in play that we don't know about. Otherwise, it would make so much sense for Andrade to be back in this story that I can't imagine they would try and keep him out of it. But oh, also, I, I touched on on the first part of this before, but didn't didn't hit the other one. Two point is such a great tag as for team whose talents are wasted in JSA. A, you're correct, and B, I love the idea of it being JSA, which stands for Jericho Security Administration, <laughs> which is basically what they are. They're just Jericho's security administration anyway. Just standing in the way of people trying to take shoe bombs into Jericho promos. <laughs> I like their role in the Jericho Appreciation Society. I wish they were getting more shine. Like, I wish they were getting more reps in the ring. Um, but I I feel like it's helped them get over for sure. But I agree. I just, again, this is just like another Jericho Society of America uh, that... <laughs> has gone on too far. And what I also found disappointing about it was when Sammy Guevara came back in the picture, I was like, well, this is just half of the inner circle now. Like you have Hager there mm -hmm. in his head. You have Sammy Guevara back. I'm like, well, what is the point of this? Uh, but we will move on to SmackDown. Shock at 29 with a Humper Chat saying, a fun, easy to watch Rampage with an emotional ending turned followed by an uneven smackdown i thought uneven's a good word uh love that becky is back but will anyone ever learn that babyface advantage in war games does not work we'll get there they can't help but shoot themselves in the foot every time we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to that i still don't love all of the gold being tied up in this war games match but i do like that it seems like they're at least advancing a title picture within that so they're still using it to advance things we're not going to get a pay-per-view where nothing happens with the titles again so that much i like but the big news is what we kind of start off with here becky lynch is back we all saw this at various times because there was a college football game on that delayed the intro of this episode for some of this but we start off with the damage Kataro side as we call it uh, in the ring and Bailey insulting the host city, Bianca and her team incomplete at that point, uh, come down and Bianca says that she's not here alone. And Becky Lynch appears and announces she's joining the survivor series team. She hits a Bexploder on Bailey and goes to hit one on Rhea, but she kind of opts out because heels are smarter than baby faces. No, Very... Rhea wanted to get in there and face everybody because they're there everybody was backing up uh becky on the other side and everyone's like no no don't go in there because then it'll be one on five because <laughs> we're definitely not gonna back you up so you should probably come <laughs> with us just come with dakota's like please ria no we don't want to have to get into a fight not Thank you. right now uh very excited becky lynch is back yeah. logically story-wise this makes a ton of sense i think getting her back is just a nice shot in the arm for the women's division I know people have mixed feelings on Charlotte, but I think when she comes back, that'll be a welcome back as well. Uh, if you were hoping it was going to be Sasha Banks, this is a this is a rough day for you because this pay-per-view is going to be in Boston. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think once there were four members, it was obvious that it wasn't going to be Naomi and Sasha. Now, if they swerve us and they show up in a completely different spot, that could be one of the coolest things they've ever done on pay-per-view. But if you had it in your head that it was Sasha and you went to buy a ticket, you're probably excited that it's Becky, but you're not hometown Sasha Banks level return excited. But I'm very excited for what Becky can add to this match. I am bummed Candice LeRae is injured and can't be in this match. But uh, what did you think of this opening segment? I, I don't think any of us were surprised by the reveal, but again, wrestling when it's good is good. So I'll, I'll take a Becky Lynch return. Plasky, what'd you think? Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of always thought it was going to be Becky. I saw a lot of people pitching random stuff from people who are injured to people who are actively not signed with the company to people, uh, who have been gone for a while. Like I thought it might've been Charlotte if Becky couldn't go. Like the idea, like we're, we'll talk about this in a, you know, I guess in a little bit, but like the idea we're getting the first ever main roster war games match and we're not getting a Rhodes or a flair in it. Like I know Cody's hurt, but if he could go at all, you know, he's dying to be in that match and a flair. Like if like, I don't know what Charlotte's like, just out of stuff off on her honeymoon, hanging out with Andrade on the beach somewhere, but a flair not in the like that that's that that honestly threw me for a loop not that i want her to be in it but i'm surprised that they're not um becky is the right choice i must i know this was the plan from the beginning if she hadn't gotten hurt in that SummerSlam match who knows what the booking would have been the past few months uh because she was effectively done going after the title and bailey was going to and so you were going to have Bianca and Becky, I'm I'm sure maybe Asuka's the, their third, but like those two holding firm against the encroaching heel horde. And then when she went down, they were like, uh, Alexa likes Bianca now. And it like it was just this kind of a thing where they were just trying to they were booking from behind. Um, I think that this match could be a lot of fun. I look for Rhea to be the absolute star of it because I think they're they're they they know that they're they're moving toward her versus Bianca at the Rumble, I think, um, or Rhea winning the Rumble to get uh, to get. I, I think I think they know what what Rhea has, um, so I think that 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 should be interesting as well. But Dakota Kai's very excited about it. She keeps posting about how happy she is that it's War Games weekend, so that'll be fun. Uh, Cardoza, what do you think of this opening segment? Yeah, it felt rushed a little bit, didn't it? It felt like. Uh, yeah. There wasn't a lot of talking. It was just like one second it, they were in the ring and then the next everyone was involved in some type of melee, which is whatever, I, I guess because of the timing constraints and whatever they were doing. Um, I'm excited to see these these women beat the hell out of each other in a cage. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see, A, what they come up with in there, B, what kind of story they're going to tell, and what will progress from it, right? It's not just like what happens and, and whoever wins, but I want to know who what's going to happen after uh, the match is over. I hope there's. I don't. I don't see WWE doing a lot of this, but I, I want to see blood and 
all kinds of crazy acrobatics off acrobatics off the top of the cage. I don't know. I, I'm I'm maybe I'm just or crazy. Self mutilation. I love it. Let's women. go. My God, not just the women. <laughs> so get into the men so too. No, 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 no. I I hear you. Uh, we've got the nerd guru saying that Charlotte would no sell to steel cages. No thanks. I don't know if she would have a choice, man. Two real steel cages would hurt. I don't know if you can even hide that reaction. I wouldn't hate seeing Charlotte do like a moonsault from one side to the other or something cool. But uh, listen, I'm not saying I want her in the match. I'm shocked they didn't like get her in yeah. that match. You know, sure. And I feel like they are going to set up for her versus Bianca at some point, right? So yeah. that's also just a yeah, good I'm, opening yeah, I'm, for I'm her. Think, I'm thinking that's either. I think I think that's. I'm somehow I think that's the that might be the mania match they're pushing because they think Charlotte's the bigger the bigger ticket there. So Chris. Yeah. Uh saying Kate for Royal Rumble 2023. What's your finisher? Uh the bang bangs. I don't know what it is though. What would it be? Yeah, it would be like an eye rake because my bangs get in my eyes sometimes. And oh, then good. I don't know, just like a lariat or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's not bad. I think it's not yeah. bad, but very excited uh, to see the man back in action. I absolutely love Becky. And story wise, it makes a lot of sense. So happy about that. And the Nerd Guru says Becky being the fifth member upped my hype a thousand percent. She is such a major injection to have back. Listen to the pop. Wrestling matters again to me. Give Becky versus all of the other team in singles. She has been dearly missed. She has been dearly missed. And I feel like it was so unfortunate, the timing of her injury with the return of uh, everybody that was in Damage Katara, as we call Mm -hmm. it. So uh, Flame Inc. on the other side of the Charlotte argument saying, didn't watch the show, but I was kind of hoping for Charlotte. Where is she? With all the PLEs being deleted, think we get Cyber Sunday back? Um... No, I think I think they know that there's been an overabundance of content and a lack of stories and so many gimmicked pay-per-views handcuffing um, stories instead of the other way around. And I, I feel like we've got main event. We've got all these other things like we don't we don't need that. Right, yeah. It's felt like every pay-per-view, like they had so many pay-per-views happening at once that there were just an extended Monday Night Raw or an early Monday Night Raw. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. A shout-out here. Uh, does Kay enter, enter as Captain Clown or the Ravishing Lover? Uh, I will pull that up to plug myself, but also the wonderful Denise Salcedo for content on her channel. She had a really, really fun uh, thing I got to be on in a promo battle. I won't spoil who the winner of the promo battle was. I would never spoil that for you guys at all. But uh, I got to to be two very, very weird characters that are pulled from a card game over there. So check that out. Denise is doing awesome things on her channel. But over here... We shall move along to the SmackDown World Cup semifinal with Santos Escobar defeating Butch. Uh, This was fun. We had Zelina on commentary. She would later come into play to distract the refs because refs are idiots. Uh, And Butch gets some cheap shots in here. But Santos ultimately hits the Phantom Driver for the win. 
I would like to have seen this kind of go into a different gear, but I'm also aware that Butch is in a very, very physical match in a couple of days. Uh, some good stuff in here, though, right? Like Butch hitting a double knee drop and stomping on Santos's hand after it was great. Like, uh, I I like that we get to see the style of Pete Dunne and Santos Escobar in play here. The right guy won. I just know what these two are capable of, and I think they could have put on a much bigger showcase, but realistically, this was not going to be the time for that. I thought Zelina was good enough on commentary. Uh, anything on this, Palowski? Um, the, the idea of... Uh, yeah, so the Usos jumped uh, Drew McIntyre and um, and uh, uh, Kevin Owens backstage. Be- better send Sheamus and... and uh, and ridged even the odds. Oh, whoops! Because of that, I lost. Is it's, it's <laughs> just straight up dumb. It's just it is whatever. It's professional wrestling. What what can you do about it? I I always wanted to be smart. People to be smarter than they are. Um, but I'm I, I guess that's fine. The the one thing about this development that I, that I that I loved and and kind of want to extend a Pete Dunn and Santos Escobar feud is that uh, Santos uh, in the little pre match inset interview. Uh, apparently pronounces it booch, which um, which is a wonderful development, which makes me very happy. Uh, it's like uh, booch cannot be controlled. Like yes, it's <laughs> called booch all over again. I love it. Um, uh, I yeah. Listen, um, we're, we're talking about this a little bit, but um, I love that they're building Santos Escobar here, like making him seem uh, important and a threat. I would love it if he would win matches like this. Like this kind of match can win by himself. Doesn't yes. need his lackey to kick Butch in the head. Like the match, I keep saying this, the matches that the heel cheats in should feel important. There's a reason he cheats. It's not just something he does every match. He should be able to win matches like this, fine. But if he's going to win a championship, then he needs his friends to come in and help him. That make means something. It means for the person he beats when he cheats, he had to do, go to those lengths in order to beat him. So it puts over that guy. If he just beats everybody by cheating, everyone who goes into every match with him should know this guy's going to cheat in this match against me. I probably shouldn't fall for all of the stupid distractions. That's a very good point. I feel like both brands are a bit guilty of that too. Like sometimes just let the heel be the better wrestler. And sometimes... Yep. If you have a little extra cash and you want your statement or question read on air, send it a super chat, send it a humper chat. If you want to show your support on Twitch, go to twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming and show us your biddies. Also leave a thumbs up on this video. Uh, Basic Alex, he said, my Wi-Fi might not be good, but my clavicle is. What did you think of this match? <laughs> the clavicles will, uh, there, there's a Black Friday special on uh, myclavicle.com. So if you guys right. want to go check that out. Um, <clears throat> I, I agree with Alex. I also agree that it, to me, it was just like a basic, like make card just being thrown in there just, you know, to put time in into SmackDown. Alex pretty much said all of it right there, but um you i personally felt like this was just like let's just put this in here because you know we need time on the show i i really it didn't really move the needle for me yeah i mean it was a world cup qualifier so i did like that there were stakes in it i did also like commentary just talking about what a rough day it was for the uk and the world cup front in general that popped me a little something world cup qualifier Uh, man we, we, we know who the real king and winner of the world cup was (laughs) 
<laughs> Shane McMahon all day. All Without right. him in this, this is not official. Uh, what I do like though is for months we were asking for match with matches with stakes, and this, even though that's true, they're not the <laughs> Yeah, it's but it's six one half dozen the other, right? It's like okay, we got that, but now let's also make them feel important. Uh, maybe no, you're more right. So I, I like the fact, like you mentioned before, yeah, it was a qualifying match, but it, but it was just random, like not random. You know what I mean? It's just it didn't move yeah, it didn't, for me, unfortunately. It didn't feel like it had any weight to it, and I again, I think these two are much more capable of showing out bigger than they are. But to that point, there was a time where. I thought it was going to take a miracle to get anything with stakes on this program. Uh-huh. I was having a great time just sleeping through some of these episodes, essentially. Not really, because I pay attention. I take notes. But maybe I would have slept even better if I had the right sheets. You know what I mean? The only good dirt sheets are here at Fightful. You don't want dirt sheets on your bed. That's why you need Miracle Brand. TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. That's TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. Get a free three-piece towel set. Save 40% off. These sheets are fantastic. They have great comfort, great quality with those premium 500 thread count satin weaves that are made with USA-grown Supima cotton. One of the highest quality cottons in the world. It's better for your skin. Stop sleeping on bacteria. These Miracle Brand sheets help prevent 99% of bacteria require three times less laundry than regular sheets. And they're self-cooling with silver-infused fabrics originally developed by NASA. TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. Again, TryMiracle.com slash Fightful. Save 40% and get three free towels. How can you beat that? Get rid of your dirt sheets, well, besides us, and get Miracle. So there you go. If you want the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, that is not a guarantee. But check out Miracle. A new sponsor of ours. They've made an investment in us. If you're able to make an investment in them, you will not regret it. They do good stuff over there with the Miracle brand. But we're moving along down SmackDown. We're about halfway through. We're coming kind of down the home stretch. So if you have anything you want on air, please get in Super Chats and Humper Chats and we. We'll talk about a segment that I really liked. This brace stuff is clicked in, you guys. I love the feud that we're getting built out between him and LA Knight. Bray introduces himself to the crowd, and I love this, like, innocence he always comes in with. It's like, golly gee, I am so happy to be back. I'm Bray Wyatt stuff. Feels like uh, it felt so perfectly authentic at first and now it feels like authentic and manipulative which i really really like the way he's turned the corner on that kind of goats the crowd and says you guys want to see the fiend that's inside but you want to see the monster that was there but that's not who he wants to be he doesn't care what people say about him uh to be honest he wasn't the one that attacked la Knight, and then uncle howdy appears i thought this was so good Uncle Howdy says that the world is built on lies and a snake in a cage is still a snake. Who boy, this is getting clearer about who Bray Wyatt is and what he's doing there. And again, feels very rooted in reality and is um, the spooky elements still feel like they're a part of a human side of him, which is really cool. 
And then on the flip side of this, we get LA Knight saying that he didn't get to enjoy his Thanksgiving because he's on crutches after getting jumped by that human trash bag uh, who gets to vomit lies without consequence. So this, I thought, was just fantastic stuff. I'm going to throw it to Pulaski first, uh, but I... I got to say, this is working for me so far. I think a lot of people are on the same page of this is not a pairing that I would have ever set up in my head, but man, oh man, is it working for the types of wrestlers that each are and how well they're playing them to, to a fiddle here. Um, I, uh, I really like um, Bray's almost panicky earnestness when he does these things of like, no, no, no seriously, I, I, I get what you guys want. I get you guys want me to go and be that thing, but I, I, I can't, I can't be that anymore. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be that, that man. I I'm, I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to be honest with you guys that I, I really, I want to leave that in my past. It, it feels as though it is a man who was literally fighting um, while scared to death of, his own inner demons. And I, I think that there's something there that I think a lot of people can relate to of, I don't, there's the stuff I've done that I am not proud of, and I don't want to ever do that again. And then you take that times a thousand and that's what he's dealing with. And I think that there's something there to it. Um, I'm, I'm going to reserve all full judgment until we see what uncle howdy is, how uncle howdy actually reacts to Bray Bray, it appears is going to have his first match with LA Knight. Like th that, like what that is, how, what, what they do with the spooky parts of it. Like, I mean, is there going to be like, are the lights going to go out and Bray is gone? Are they come back up. Bray's gone. They go out again. And then uncle Howdy's in the ring. Like what, what are they going to do with all of that? I love the stuff, the human stuff with Bray is like the best part of this. So now what's going to, to tell me if I love the whole thing is how much of it is going to feel like um, a multiple personality horror movie or how much it's going to be like, that's just, that's just Bray in a mask and it's not going to, it's just going to be, you know, it's just a thing. So I'm not sure what, where that's going. I think LA Knight is playing this to a T as well. I love because there's only so much bravado can do to protect you from a clinically insane person who wants you dead because you slapped him in the face twice. So, you know, there's, there's a, there's a couple things to do with, with this. I think it's working. Cardoza, your thoughts. Yeah. You guys know how I feel about long crap that Bray does, especially with you know <laughs> the crap that he was doing with the uh, uh, QR codes and stuff. But I feel like this one is about to take that turn. I feel like the uncle Howdy's about to reveal himself. Um, it's going to be, it's playing out really well. And Alex said this, Alex said this, that it was, there's something mentally, and I don't, you know, mental illness is, is a very important thing. So I don't want to phrase it in, in a bad way, but there's something going on in his head, his inner demons, where he's fighting who he was and who he wants to be and what is happening. So all three things are mixing in his head right now. And when all of this finally comes to light, it's going to be really cool to see what they're going to push out for him um, moving forward. And he made, a, he made like Alex said, he made a reference to The Fiend today. It's the first mm -hmm. time since he's been back that he's actually said, hey, you know, this is who I was. I don't want to go back there again. You know, I couldn't, I wasn't able to speak. Right. You know, so. 
I think uh, that's a really good point. This is the first time we've seen an acknowledgement that that's something that's like in his past and was him, but is something that he's trying desperately to get away. So uh, <laughs> kudos to him for that. Luis also pointing out that the Uncle Howdy video phone number that appeared, 888-280-3999, was a psychologist saying that Bray couldn't be cured. So uh, those hints being peppered in a little bit more flavorfully for some people that got sick of the QR codes, which is understandable. I feel attacked on the show today. First, my Wi-Fi because Kate decided to send that bad juju my way. I did not. I did not. I my Wi-Fi has been consistent for like three whole weeks now. So, uh, But we will move along to the Viking Raiders with Valhalla, uh, Sarah Logan, defeating, almost squashing. I'm looking at Alex's reaction alone. Hit row. Um, this is good. You're trying to build up the Viking Raiders. I get that. Ultimately, this ends with Ivar wiping out Ashante with a wheel kick on the outside. Eric tagging in, just crushing Dala with a knee strike and the Ragnarok. Um, if you needed a tag team that was cool and going to job to everybody, you didn't have to go out and get hit row. <laughs> this feels like they came back we're hot, we're being given attention, felt like they might even be getting a title shot at some point, and they have just job, 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 time after time. Uh, so while I'm excited that we're getting a better presentation and path for the Viking Raiders, what the hell are we doing with Hit Row? Uh, we'll throw it to Cardoza first so we can let uh, Turkey Hat and Pulaski <laughs> get on the same page over there. I've I've said this about Hit Row, right? From the beginning, from that very first rap that they did, Kate, I looked at you and I said, do we have to talk about this? Like I texted you, <laughs> please don't talk about this. Let's just scratch it off the, the list. I don't understand. They're just jobbing to everyone. I don't know. Maybe they're just going to, you know, you got to hit bottom before raising to the top, rising to the top and taking over. But yeah, I don't know what's happening. I'm not a big Viking Raiders fan either. Um I, there's there's something going on in my head where I would have thought that once Triple H came in, there would be more, or should I say less of the super gimmicky stuff. I think the Viking sure. Raiders is over the top gimmicky, you know, and I understand that that's their way. They believe in that. More kudos to them. But I feel like it, it feels a little bit out of place. Even Bray came back and he's not doing the whole smoke and mirrors things anymore, you know, with the making, you know, being behind a mask. He's kind of being himself. And just sprinkling in these these dramatic psychopath things going on, you know? So, yeah. I'll throw it to Alex now. Alex, what did you say, man? Just, I just hate you hit row. Um, I love hit row. Um, um, I, think, I think they're great. I think they're really cool. I think that AJ Francis, the top dollar, is um, – he's – apparently lost like 50 pounds since he got re-signed. He's ready to break out and start doing some of the athletic stuff that you wouldn't expect a dude that size to be able to do. But he's not allowed to do it now because he's got a job to the Viking Raiders. And listen, the Viking Raiders, you had, the, they, they, they were ready. You had them, you had them, you had to murder the New Day on a Viking boat. They were ready. Now I know Eric got hurt, but the fact that you got to like, 
like slightly repackage them again and bring in Sarah Logan and then change her name to Valhalla. And Michael Cole has to read copy that says, she says the gods named her Valhalla. Really the gods, the Norse gods gave you the name of Odin's sacred hall in the afterlife. That just seems like a kind of a weird, like blasphemous thing for the gods to like, no, you are this sacred. That's not what the gods do. I do appreciate that it's that, that they took, as you said, Kate. She's no longer so much um, uh, Logan the Stabber, uh, which is the cheap <laughs> ripoff of Max the Impaler. But it's Max the Impaler, new and improved, now with three hundred percent more antlers. Like it just, <laughs> it's it is whatever it is. Um, there's there's they did all the work in the first few weeks of um, of uh, Hit Row being re-signed. They had them winning squash matches. They had them looking really impressive. They they looked like a perfect choice as baby faces to do a quick program with the Usos, push the Usos surprisingly to their limit, and and then lose. And then you could rebuild them back up maybe in the future to be a bigger thing, but have them ride that immediate push that they were given. And then first they got attacked from behind by Santos Escobar and his boys. And those guys have gotten to move on to other things. Remember, they were supposed to have that match to like finish out that feud, but the Viking Raiders showed up and attacked both of them. But but Legato gets to move on and not be concerned about the Viking Raiders. But but Hit Row's got to keep taking uh, losses. Um, so it's it also is is there's a ways of making it so everybody can come out ahead of where they were. That does not seem to be the modus operandi of of this particular promotion right now. Um, we must sacrifice one to to get the other over, which is not how it has to be. It's just the easiest way to do it. Of course, that's just the easiest. They like doing the easiest things. So I like the Viking Raiders. I think they're really good. I don't love that. Like now, they've got to be Viking Raiders. They could just go out there and and you know they're a war machine, man. Like how do you not love Hanson and Rowe? They're amazing. The fact that they've buried them over after, under layer after layer after layer of like uh, this this show is on the History Channel like kind of stuff. Um, it just wow. feels like it's just too much. It just feels like it's too much. And and, and, um, and so. to Alex, this thought before I don't. So I want to say this: I don't hate Hit Row, the people behind the you know like the characters and who they are or whatever. Right. I I don't I dislike what what's been what's happening well, with sure. them, and I've yeah. said this a, a ton about AEW people that yeah. have been put together and they suck. Yeah. I if, <laughs> if 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 they would just do something different with Hit Row, I would not feel like this is this is time wasted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure. And to the same point, if you're going to have the Viking Raiders, two people have been spit about. Just use local talent or call yeah. someone up for NXT yeah. or whatever. Uh, and I. I agree. I think the at least this presentation of them is well produced, which is more than I can say about like when the Viking Raiders were playing basketball. Like oh. they at least are supposed to feel serious, but nothing will be as cool as as War Machine and in, in NXT and even in ROH. The first War Machine uh, match I ever saw was against Coast to Coast in ROH, who was uh, a friend of mine, LSG and Shaheem, who's fantastic. So. Uh, it was their final match there, and they moved on to do just incredible stuff. And I don't know, they've never fully recovered after the Viking experience, Nafu, I guess. But Jesus, it, it, I, it, do, it does feel like there, there's got to be some version that feels 
so, in some way authentic that's not like the Viking experience or the new vicious Viking Raiders now with even more viciousness or, or like, Hey, we love Turkey legs and throwing axes because God, we're Vikings. Dude. Let's have an ax throwing and Turkey leg eating competition street profits. Like there's gotta be other things. That's not that, or this where they, they bring their own dark priestess to the ring. Like, isn't there just something where they get to come out and have great matches? Is that like not a thing that's a, you're available to do with the, with them? I don't know. Kind of messed up you would say that about eating turkey legs when you have turkey legs literally dangling from your ears right now. And you didn't even like ear most of the poor turkey that's on your head. Like, <gasps> Alex! Wow. Just oh, no. Rude. He's double See, feeding it. Tama Valley saying y'all are breaking worse than when Sammy says, Usi, look, Alex is funny enough on his own. And then when you add the ridiculous hat yeah it's hard mm -hmm. to kind of keep mm -hmm. a straight face yeah. over here and i laugh all the time i'm a giggly goose over here uh giggly goose i'm gonna call you that from now on <laughs> i am i am people get annoyed by it i'm like sorry i have fun with all my co-hosts but we're really funny and smart and pretty so uh shotkin 29 saying about our upcoming dom and ria segment Oh boy, look, I'm all for ridiculousness and suspending my disbelief with pro wrestling, but I have a line, and referring to Rhea as Dominic's girlfriend is ten times more unbelievable than Bray Wyatt seemingly feuding with himself. We gotta talk about this Dom and Rhea thing, because people were yucking it up, and I just don't think Dominic is very good at this, you guys. Like, they come in to crash Rey Mysterio's Thanksgiving, and I did pop for, like, Rhea... And this presentation of her, like, going home to meet someone's parents was kind of funny. Like, I did like that idea, but, like, I just can't, like, get invested in Dominic Mysterio's quote-unquote acting. But it happened, so we have to talk about it. Uh, Pulaski, we'll start with you, and then we'll, we'll move on as quickly as possible after Alex Cardoza gives his thoughts. It is, it is funny how just straight down the middle Michael Cole is about almost every topic and then um but now we have to talk about this disgusting heinous act by that little piece of shit dominic mysterio oh my god he belongs in jail if ray mysterio won't beat him up then i'm gonna do it for him like i like it's it's still real to me damn it michael cole about this specific thing is very funny to me um also you're hating dominic mysterio for all the wrong reasons Hate him because he sucks in the ring. Hate him because he sucks on the microphone. Hate him because he can't play babyface or heel. But don't don't hate him because of this ridiculous creative that they've that they've put out there for him. Um, uh, yes, it is. Um, I thought they were very careful about being like Rhea, like basically being his dominatrix, and that she never actually sexually gratifies him in any way she's just she tells him what to do and he does it because he knows he's not dom mysterio he's sub mysterio um but now it's like oh his girlfriend Rhea rip well that you've just then you've taken away almost all of her cachet because because the idea of her being attainable in in any way by anybody should be a foreign thing to most people who are watching this um but attainable by Dominic Mysterio, 
Oh, well, then yeah, forget about it. Like if, if anybody can get her, well, then she doesn't have that same kind of mystique to her in that way. It's just the way that they usually write women characters on these shows. It, whatever. Um, this was very funny because, uh, of course, you have to have, bring the camera. The WWE camera's got to be there. They couldn't make make it look like somebody's recording it on a cell phone. It's got to be a WWE camera crew who showed up. And Ray answering the door while putting on his mask because he realizes he's got to wear the mask if there's a camera crew there. All of it is just so dumb. And then Dom with his like, oh, look at these family photos that somebody from the props department put here. <laughs> he's just so bad at all of this. I feel, again, I, I, I used to, I, I did, I felt bad for him for a while that he was being pushed into this. By, by either WWE or by his father. He didn't want to say no. He didn't want to disappoint anybody. Uh, but actually now I think he's actually having too much fun doing this while still being awful at it. So now I blame him again. I blame him again. I've, I've, I've switched back over. Now I blame him again. Check in in 90 more days to find out where we stand. <laughs> but we've got O'Reilly Ben saying, I love this. Listen, I know Mexican families. They all sat at the table while Ray got his butt kicked. Shows that WWE writers don't know any Mexican families. No backup. A very good point. A very good point. Um, That's very funny. And also true. And I would kind of hope of anyone. Like if somebody just. (laughs) Of any family. But especially if you want to lean into certain things. For sure. Um. Oh, we have a fun super chat that we will save for toward the end along with the jukeboxes. But uh, <laughs> Luis confirming for us, can't confirm my family would have darted. Uh, I'm not going to say that, but would have would have done the job, would have uh, been at Dominic pretty darn hard. Um but we will move along to the World Cup semifinal of Ricochet versus Braun Strowman. Flippy Doo versus single note uh, Power Slam Man. Uh, <laughs> and what I thought was ma- booking that I was happy about the outcome, but makes no sense. So kind of handcuffed in that way. Ultimately, at the end here, because God forbid we just have a match, Gunther comes out. Stares down Braun, Imperium distracts him as Ricochet wins with a jumping crucifix pin. Very excited Ricochet moves on here. Very nervous they are going to do some retroactive thing of like Ricochet wins it all. And Gunther says, I already beat you before and now I want Braun instead. Hopefully what they're doing is setting up Braun for after that. But the story being about that makes us feel very weird. Why not have Braun win the whole thing? If Braun was going to lose here, why not have Sammy win last week? Makes no sense. Um, I don't get this at all. The idea of a Santos-Ricochet match makes me very excited somehow. Uh, but I don't love that the outcome of this felt secondary. And I, while I prefer Ricochet win because I find him immensely more skilled than Braun Strowman, I don't like that this seems to be headed in the direction of Braun Strowman and Gunther colliding. Anyway, we'll start with Cardoza. Your thoughts? Yeah, if, I don't know. Like you just mentioned, I, I'm very happy that Ricochet's back in the limelight because he's been super lost uh, for a while. And I hate Braun. We know that. And I don't hate him as a man. I hate him. <laughs> I just don't like his character. He's just the same person. They just give him a new intro now. Um, 
I do feel like they tried to protect Braun here um, by having the obvious, you know, interjection come in and whatever, because you have this big monster, which you've been touting for since he came back, that he is the, you know, unbeatable monster, whatever they want to do with him. So they obviously are, I hope it doesn't go that way. Where you, where you just mentioned, where they kind of, hey, they jump over Ricochet and let's insert Braun into this. It, it would make absolutely no sense to me. Like, hypothetically, if they just threw Austin yeah. Theory in a Money in the Bank right. match after they already had a bunch of qualifying yeah. matches. Just as, like, a hypothetical example. Yeah, no, but I, I feel like, you know what, if... if I don't know. I don't feel like, unfortunately, they're going to give the... They're going to put anything on, on uh, what's-his-face on Ricochet, but... We'll see where this is going to go. You know, I would like to see Ricochet finally hold something meaningful and go off for a couple months, you know, and do something great. So we'll see where he goes from here. Sure. Pulaski, your thoughts. Unfortunately, none of that's going to happen. Um, and <laughs> Dang. and uh, the best thing we can get out of this ricochet wise is that is they, they let he and, and Santos have a 15 minute banger. Banger. Uh, next week, um, the like, like it is like. Listen, Triple H has made more missteps than than good steps uh, recently um, in my book. But the fact that he is possibly going to give us King Cuerno versus Prince Pruma seven and a half years later is kind of insane when you think about it, um, because those guys in Lucha Underground uh, were magic mm -hmm. together. Um, and so there's the potential exists, you know, that both of these guys look at each other in the locker room and go, that was a lot of fun. Seven and a half years ago, let's do better than that in front of a infinitely bigger audience. And I just hope that triple H and the guys in the back, let them and don't book a six minute match where nobody gets into, into second gear. And then there's a distraction. Like, I just hope that that's not what they do because that's my fear is that whatever it is, they never let them be as good as they possibly can be because that happens so often. So that's what I'm hoping the most out of this. Now, the thing for me is, why would you do all of this? Like, I, I'm, I'm happy Ricochet won, don't get me wrong, but why do all of the stuff last week where you had Gunther literally pissing his pants, running away from Braun Strowman every time he got within 15 feet of him, if the end result isn't Braun just winning this tournament to get a title shot against him. The most, the simplest path is almost always the best path. There's a tournament that Braun is in currently where the winner of that tournament gets a title shot against Gunther. You set up last week an inevitable title match between these two guys. Didn't you? You had to have. Why would you do all that last week if that wasn't the case? If that is the case, and we assume it is, why not just use this tournament to get them there? Instead of having Ricochet win the tournament, we assume, Ricochet lose to Gunther, and then later have Braun get the match. Just do the easiest path, as opposed to all this other stuff. Now, I'm not going to say no to King Cuerno versus Prince Puma again in WWE, but there's all kinds of ways you could have gotten to that out of yeah. this um it just feels very odd that you would do that at all 
the best option is to never have done what you did last week. My God, what a horrible thing that you did. But um, but the fact that you did it means you have to you have to actually comp, like make that be part of the plans moving forward. And it did seem like tonight was a a retcon of that last week as 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 uh, Gunther confidently marches to the ring to confront this man who he literally shot himself. I, I could smell it from my own living room. Like that's how scared he was of Braun last week, but now he's totally confident around him. Um, and also it did feel like maybe it's like a little rib on Braun. Like we're yes. going to, we're going to look, we're going to book you to lose to a flippy flopper. Okay. Of course. Now that's your rib. You're we, we did that. We can move on from it, but we had to make you look like a fool for one match. And he did. He looked like a fool in this match. He really I did. I mean, he does always, but yeah, this time. <laughs> I can see this turning into a triple threat, which is unfortunate. Oh, but... no. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that, but very, very possible. And yeah, like, Gunther shouldn't be scared of anybody. He hasn't lost on the main roster. If you're trying to sell me on the idea that he cost Braun so he didn't have to face him, like, a cowardly Gunther is just something that is a betrayal like, of his character and something I have no interest in at especially all. on the main roster because the main roster is is the canon right now we they 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 don't, haven't really brought up the way that he lost to um to Ilya Dragunov or anything like that so mm-hmm. all we've ever seen on the main roster of Gunther is he's not afraid of anybody yeah and he, and he, and he waltzes be. through all competition including even Sheamus like he, he beat Sheamus soundly the two times he beat him there was a really good matches very back and forth, but at the end, he defeated him, okay? So, Gunther should be the type of guy who looks at Braun and says, finally, a challenge. Like, he should be relishing this opportunity to go up against a guy who he will he knows will be a challenge to defeat. As That, that should be the kind of heel he is, as opposed to, oh, you're, you're two inches taller than me, I better run away. Like... What what are we doing? I mean, just, what are we doing? Just the turkey beak. Do you get? Do you guys in. feel like there's a disconnect somewhere backstage, like of who's writing storyline and who is approving it? Oh, there's definitely a disconnect. I don't know what it is. What like we all know, McMahon read every script, r- tore it in half, and then did his own thing. Right? right. Uh, is the, is something not making it to Triple H, or if if he is in charge of? storylines i don't know it feels like the, every week for things have seemed to start the puzzle has been coming apart a little bit again so i hope um, that's the case because i don't want to believe this is what triple h is doing i i, I want to touch on this because I, I i honestly thought that this was this was a, a really a really nice way of them addressing it and moving on but also you know um uh let, letting you know Braun save face and be the bigger man by like raising the hand of the little flippy flopper who beat him and showing he's a good baby face after all. I that got uh, to it, me. Why is he holding Ricochet's hand up? Like I am. He reminded me of Hulk Hogan at that moment. Like it, it look did. at this guy, brother. <laughs> oh, this is yeah. the guy, brother. I, I I deigned to put over this guy. Very Hoganish. Very. Because yeah. even yeah. when he put his hand out, it was very Hoganish. He was like, yeah. "Come here, brother." <laughs> we're gonna move along to some really good stuff uh i just 
Braun is just under my skin now. But before we do that, Albert Ponce with the chat saying that Sandhouse versus Ricochet is the perfect finals as Braun doesn't really need a tournament to get a title match. He should. He doesn't really win a lot. And sorry, uh, love Shotzi, but really we'll get to, <laughs> to that in a little bit. But before we get to the ladies, uh, Kevin Owens starting to rip off the band-aid a little bit here. Kevin Owens finds Sammy and confronts him about uh, his relationship with the bloodline, saying that, yeah, they love you right now, but what happens when you screw up? What happens when you piss him off? How many times has this happened over the past 20 years in our friendship? We've seen what Roman Reigns will do to his actual own bloodline when they piss him off. And Owens says to Sammy, if I were you, I'd turn on him first. And darn it all the while... Jay Uso is listening cartoonishly on the other side of the door, uh, hearing everything that was said. He confronts Sammy, asking him why he's late. And Sammy says, I sent you a text. I told you I was running late. And he says, did you run into anyone? And Sammy denies running into anybody. So you now have Jay, who has hated Sammy, finally getting like a little bit of justification here. And Kevin Owens planting the seed about what happens when things go awry. And... I don't know. I'm on this other side of the, the fence during this match that we have against each other. Maybe help us win instead. Oh boy, this is getting fun. I love Kevin Owens being back on my seat, my screen. Uh, wonderful, wonderful things. Glad he's healthy as well after that scary possible injury. Seems like he's all right. But Pulaski, your thoughts on this development? Um, I loved everything except for, as you said, the cartoonishly Jey Uso watching the door crack um, in a way that Kevin Owens would be able to see the door open a little bit and stay open. And that would have been weird. Somebody was, was, was uh, comparing this to years and years ago of uh, Batista overhearing Flair and Triple H talking about they were going to do about Batista. But crucially, we didn't see Batista listening I don't believe until after all that conversation was over. Then they revealed that Batista was sitting like back against the wall, eavesdropping when we didn't know. The, as soon as I knew Jay was there, I was like, okay, well, fuck all this. Cause it became this thing. If it was just, if I thought it was just a scene between Sammy and KO, like it would have been amazing. And then the reveal of Jay had been down the hall listening the whole time. I would have popped huge. But because they had, they insisted on having Jay in there during the scene, I was like, now I kind of know what's going on. Also, Sammy can't be that dumb. When Jay is like, so you didn't talk to anybody at all since you've been here. Well, what are you talking about? Of course not. Like, Sammy, you've got to know Jay knows. <laughs> you The way he was questioning you, you've got to know that Jay knows. So there's a way of, like, coaching your actors on how to deliver the lines so they don't make the other person in the, in the, uh, in the scene look like an idiot. Because the way Jay said it, he might be that angry, but Sammy would then know Jay would know what was up. And so you got to figure out a way of doing it a little different. Overall, the scene was really, really good, and I liked all the ideas they have incorporated in it. But when you have all of these resources, you have to find a way to do a little bit better to make it perfect when it gets so close. That's my own personal thought, but I'm just, I'm crazy the way I am. <laughs> the only things that I will say are, 
at least Sami Zayn had his back turned to Jay, so he wouldn't maybe right. see that the door was open, and Kevin Owens wouldn't care if the door was open. He doesn't care if they hear him, probably. Um, I agree with you overall. That would have been a way, better way to do it. Um, but I do also like that they justified that he questioned Sammy about being late in general, right. too. I think yes. it was just a little bit on the delivery that was off there. But Cardoza, your thought? Yeah, I feel like sometimes they WWE still finds a way to insult the audience. I, I'm sorry, they've I have, and Alex just said it right. It, it's it's not Sammy being stupid. It's, it's they're kind of like insulting yeah. us completely because we're the ones watching it and they're the ones acting it out. So they're doing their job, but don't insult us. Like, come on, man. Anyone opens up a door, you know it's. I'm sorry, unless like. You're completely deaf or whatever. Yeah. You're, you're always going to feel that sixth sense behind you. Something's mm -hmm. happening, you know? So exactly what Alex said. If you would have done something where he was eavesdropping from around a corner, it's a lot more believable or whatever. But you can see the dissension is happening. The the Jenga pieces are starting to come apart on that tower uh, called, the, you know, the bloodline and, and Mr. Sammy Uso. So, um it's, it was really cool to see it happening, though. Like, you can see everything now starting to fall into place and where it's going. So I'm ready. Like, we've already reached the top of the roller coaster. Now we're heading down. So I cannot wait to see how this is all going to, like, fall apart. <laughs> yeah, it made me excited for the War Games match. And it did, you know, Alex and I, all three of us actually, have talked extensively about, you know, there is something to acknowledge of, so many titles are tied up in, I mean, essentially two matches, really. Um, but especially in the men's. And I'm a little bit more forgiving of it if something is going to be productively moved along in the title picture, even if it's not a title shot. I could ease up a little bit on that because that'll at least make it feel like something's being advanced, even if it's not being challenged. But very excited about this starting to, to crumble. I think it's going to be some of the best work we see out of wwe in a while when sammy gets his butt kicked by the bloodline but speaking of insulting uh your audience we're gonna move on to the Shayna and ronda versus shotzi and raquel thing not great uh which is kind of surprising considering how great it could have be like with Shayna baszler in the ring but uh Shayna and ronda who had some very weird eye makeup happening today. <laughs> Turns out they beat up Raquel before this tag match. Oh, darn. She's not available. It's just Shotzi. <coughs> Turns out, though, Raquel, who has a broken arm, runs out, saves the day for Shotzi, tries to. Baszler ties Shotzi up so Ronda can lock in the armbar and this absolute, in my opinion, mess of a segment. This is not how you build Raquel at all to me. Uh, I like the idea of a Ronda and Shayna duo. I think that could be really fun. I think this is a terrible execution of it. I think if you had like Shayna and... Ronda and like Sonia Deville was on the other side of it, or you called up like Ivy Nile or something. Like, there's a lot of fun things that you could do with that, but uh, this was not great. Uh, Cardoza, we'll start with you. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a minute 
um i've i've talked really badly about everything that uh ronda has done because i'm just not a fan of her work right in the ring she's incredible but all the other stuff is just really crappy and putting Shayna on her i thought to myself okay this is this is making a turn but again there was a crack there in today's segment like with all of this happening like i don't understand why it just always falls apart for them or for her should i say with whomever she's with it was if it was natty or whoever joined the forces with her i this i don't know i just i don't get it i don't know what they're doing i'm sorry I think it's better to have Rhonda as a heel, but because her strength is not yeah. being a mouthpiece, like that's not working for me. But Pulowski and Turkey Friend, what are your thoughts? Um, uh, well, I will say um, every time they set up one of these backstage things where the, the baby faces are being interviewed for all of a second and a half and then get attacked by the heels when we can see when the camera pulls out that they're in a long hallway that is no wider than eight feet. There's zero chance that Shayna and Rhonda could have jumped them in that time for them not to see them standing right over there when they started the interview. So every time they do this, I think of this, like you can't figure out a way to stage this in a way that doesn't belie like all laws of space and time and physics so that like uh, so talk about your mesh tomorrow well i think that immediately jumped there's no way they could did they materialize out of thin where they're cloaked and then they hit the button to decloak like what are what are the weird things whatever it's insulting um, our intelligence alex really, all the time it does. no it all does. The time. every time every time it makes you if you think about anything on these shows for more than a second it doesn't hold up to the barest amount of scrutiny and it, they just should just not do that they should just not do that they should figure out ways of making it smarter speaking of smart and things that are not smart um uh raquel uh, gonzalez uh who got a broken arm when it was crushed inside the lid of a road box and was taken to a hospital they swore to us but whoops no she wasn't because then she got she came out with a broken arm to save Shotzi, her only one true friend in the world. Shotzi and her are basically sisters, you guys. They've been through so much together. So she had to save her from this, from a being beaten up a little bit before her title match uh, uh, in, in, tomorrow um, it, with a broken arm. And then uh, with a broken arm, she gets in the ring with a, with, a, with a woman whose specialty is an arm bar. And wouldn't you know it, she gets put in that arm bar and 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 then later we see Shotzi um, uh, say coming out of the trainer's room. Well, obviously Raquel had a broken arm before she even went down to the ring, and now she's got a dislocated elbow too. Well, I'm not going to forget about this, Rhonda, because Raquel, who, if you will remember, six months ago I loathed, I hated this woman so much. But then I was off TV for a little while, and when I came back, she and I were best friends she is my sister and what you did to her is unconscionable and i'll never forget it and tomorrow Rhonda, i am going to really i'm going to beat you to death for what you did to my friend who i will remind you six months ago i hated <laughs> and they never actually paid off that in any way so God. this again makes us dumber for yes. having 
paid attention to any of this. Yeah. When when Shotzi came back and she immediately aligned herself with with Raquel, there was some little promo where she paid lip service to "I hate bullies," so I'm now yeah. with with Raquel. And oh, but okay, but why did you hate her bef before? Yeah, Wouldn't she you bullied a bully? you. Yeah, weren't, no, but weren't you being a bully to Raquel? Like for no so. None of it made any sense, and they never. But they never. But they never have any intention of making it make sense. I always say this: my bare minimum is to make it make sense. Sure. Try to make it make sense. It might not, but try. And they never, ever, ever do that. And so this is why I get so angry at it because it's like all you got to do is try and make it make sense, and they never, they never do. And so that's why I get angry about it, and that's why I feel insulted by it. You know, it's like that's it's all. like Ellie Knight right. the other day. Where did Bray go? He couldn't have gone more than right. a foot and a half away from you. Yeah. Under over seven bones Raquel has broken is what it takes to get her out of out of the ring. Like she she's right. not cleared. Um under or over Pulowski. I don't I mean she she could she could show up to, tomorrow wearing a sling and and try and cost try and beat up question. Shayna. Seven bones know. broken. She gets out of the ring. Under or over? Over. Thank you. Cardoza. Agreed. Over. over. All right. All right. All right. I would take the under. She's coming uh, in with a, <laughs> with a slink and, a, and taped ribs. A, a She's sling, coming in a, a as the... And taped ribs dragging behind her one kendo stick that she will kind of flail at Shayna Baszler to chase her off tomorrow. And then it can be a one-on-one -on -one match with Shotzi and, and, and Ronda for five minutes She's that Shotzi will still lose. The Mighty Python Knight. The, come on, it's just a flesh wound one. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a Humper chat from the Nerd Guru saying, we're obviously going to get Becky versus Ronda at WrestleMania, but I would sell my soul to get Becky versus Bailey at Mania. If we can push it that long, I like Ronda and Shayna as a team. And if we get Becky versus Ronda, Becky should get, oh, Kaylee Ray or... Piper as her muscle to counter Shayna. Not going to happen. We're going to get Becky versus Ronda, but uh, they, what they should do is the four horsewomen match if they could get Sasha back for that. But who knows? Because maybe Sasha has no interest in wrestling for this company again. But uh, they, they were leaning really heavily into Becky and Bailey at the beginning of tonight. Oh, Becky chopping it up with her with her longtime rival Bailey. And I was thinking like, well, how many programs have Becky and Bailey had on the main roster? I mean, the longtime rival of Becky is Charlotte, obviously, and also Bianca. But Bailey, I think they're going to probably, probably like, well, Bailey's not doing ba Bianca anymore. Let's let's give her over to 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 Becky for a bit, and that that makes perfect sense to me. Luis says the last time that they faced each other was NXT 280 in 2015 for the NXT title. Longtime rivals. I have, have faced each other so many times over the years. They can't they get they can't get Charlotte in there. Match? No, they didn't. I thought they had a hell of a cell match, but I guess I made that no. up. Okay, moving along. Get in your super chats and your humper chats as we close this out. And while you send those in, I will let you know that I saw my aunt yesterday, and uh, for Thanksgiving, and she told me about her new crush, and her new crush is The Rock. And uh, she told me that she would be a swinger for The Rock, which I thought was 
equally parts hilarious and weird to say with my uncle standing right there. But more importantly, she told Mm. me all about the Samoan dynasty. She learned so much from the show, The Young Rock. She told me, she was like, did you know his dad was a wrestler? It was the best, best conversation. So shout out to my Aunt Diane. She watches these sometimes, it sounds like. so. Shout out to you, Diane. Yeah, yep. shout out to my Aunt Diane, the most fun Aunt Energy. She knows more about The Rock than I ever thought she would, thanks to The Young Rock and many of Dwayne Johnson's interviews. But she learned a lot. She learned a lot of wrestling history. More than the rest of my family knows outside of me just barking wrestling things at them. <laughs> none of them care. But we close this out um, with our Men's War Games Advantage match. Oh boy, baby faces do mm. win here, as was discussed before. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus versus the Usos, but of course, we've got fellas at ringside, as you would expect. Expect the Nurguru saying, "I would book it this way." Ko is beating down Roman in the corner, and Sammy to save Roman goes for a Haluva kick on Ko, but misses and hits Roman, and he's just beside himself. Gets hit with the stunner, and Ko pins him. Bloodline then turns on Sammy. That is kind of fun. Mm. But before we get there, we will talk about this match tonight. Owens hits a stunner to Jay, and Sheamus lands a bro kick to give the good guys the pin. Uh, some fun storytelling and shenanigans going on in this match. Again, the baby faces winning isn't the best, though. Pulaski, why don't you kick us off as we close out the show today? Um, Listen. I appreciate them doing a something with stakes to get to, to who has the advantage. However, the baby faces should never have the advantage in this match because the heels need the advantage in the match because that's how it works. So what they do when they ever whenever they pull a swerve and book the baby faces to win this match to get the advantage is then they have the heels cheat and like, lock the baby faces uh, cage so they can't come out. Um, and then they have to go and get bolt cutters and like the timer runs down, but oh, we the baby faces can't, can't come in. So we got to run the timer down again. And then, then there's a no, now it's a three on one with the heels. And they always like overbook themselves out of it because, well, we can't have the baby faces lose all the time in these matches. So let's have them win. And then after we made that mistake, let's, overbooked the hell out of the match so let's see what happens tomorrow i'm 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 thankful to be wrong but the whole point of this match is that the heels have the advantage because every time there's a one-man advantage it needs to be the heels who have it because that's how the match works that's how professional wrestling works but we'll see I, i i did appreciate the way that they had this whole thing like the story of of how they did it made sense um but let's never have the Usos get pinned by anybody. If they're the 500-day champion, let's not have them get pinned by people. In, even in ridiculous things like this where somebody like gets distracted. like the, the, You know, the, the Usos lost a meaningless tag match versus Sheamus and Drew months ago. Didn't mean that Sheamus and Drew ever got a, 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 a tag title match out of it. Now they've lost to Sheamus and Drew again. I, I hope at least after this, Sheamus and Drew get a title match out of this because otherwise you're just having two random single stars put together beat the best 
tag team in the history of WWE. And when you do that, then you've just decided tag team wrestling sucks. You've, you've just decided that being a great tag team doesn't matter. Even if you're the best ever in terms of length of reign, you can't beat Sheamus and Drew. That's bad booking. If you want to be the best ever in terms of length of reign, go to bluechew.com, <laughs> use the code Fightful. You'll have fewer problems with the length of your title reign. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cardoza, what did you think of this match to close out our show tonight? Well, after that, I just ordered myself two packets. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, same thing as as Alex said. I don't. I don't. I hope this is less about the end of the match than it is anything else. I, I hope that they reinvent a little bit of how things go down in the cage because it's always been yeah. kind of repetitive. Alex just literally put the words that I was going to say out. They lock them in. Oh my god, dissension! What's going to happen? Who's going to get the bolt cutters? La la la. So I'm hoping that. We see something different happen um, tomorrow night. Um, I'm kind of at odds. I don't know who's going to win. But um, again, you you pin the Usos who have had the tag belts for 13 years. I don't know why you would even why would you even do that. And um, we all know the story with Sammy and KO. That was you know that's been playing out. So I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. Alex pretty much said everything about it. I just feel like sometimes. This show has pretty much thought that I was a dumbass. In other words, mm. they've they've really insulted my intelligence in a lot of little segments and even in the matches. So I'm hoping something fun happens tomorrow. And I say, wow, yesterday was just whatever. And if you want to talk about it, whether it's fun or it's not fun, I'm sure we'll be getting sour on it behind the paywall on Fightful Select where you can join Alex and I for the pay-per-view post show. We're going to have so much fun. We always do. Our last one was Crown Jewel, where Alex didn't watch, and I had to tell him three lies, and he had to well, guess them. You came in much... for, the, for, for, the, for the end of the full gear one last week. It's true, yes. I was at full gear, so it was incomplete. But <laughs> but always a bunch of fun around there. And we have a little bit of a, a lighter cycle after the ROH one in December, because we don't have day one, and... Uh, we don't have AW until Revolution, so we will see. Or yes, in the final battle, right? Yeah, so. we we but but that one day is a doozy because it's final battle and the Iron Survivor match, which takes eight minutes to explain on the same day. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, I had lovingly repressed it from my mind on this holiday mm -hmm, weekend and sure, you had to go and remind me. But we are gonna wrap up our show. We have a couple more super chats. Uh, we got one from Flame Inc. who says, guys, who would be a major star if you put them in today's wrestling? I feel DDP would be a major star today. Maybe Rowdy Piper or and Adrian Adonis also. Old school Adrian Adonis for sure. Um, less gimmicky Adrian Adonis I feel like is extremely underrated. I would say Perry Saturn. I would say Macho Man Randy Savage is about as timeless of like one of the bigger guys as you got. I feel like you can plug him into any era and he is fantastic. Uh, my Alex's. We'll start with Cardozo. What old school guy do you think would work today? God, that's crazy, right? Bruno Sammartino would still kick people's faces in, uh, <laughs> you know, because he was real. You believed it. I mean, when he held that championship and walked into arenas, you know, like he would be it. 
And I, I can't even say like Ric Flair because he's still wrestling and he wants to wrestle five more matches. So, um, yeah, Bruno, man, he just he stood out a lot. He walked into the garden, and all these places and you felt the power that he had behind him. So, yeah, he would be a mega star today. He was the dude. I got to interview his son, Daryl San Martino, and uh, Larry, who helped produce the Bruno documentary on the Shining Wizards podcast on Monday. Highly recommend checking out their 11th anniversary show just for the shenanigans. But that interview in particular, learning about Bruno from the eyes of his son was something that was very, very cool. So check out that documentary, especially. Pulaski, who do you think works today? Um uh in a, in a, in very interesting ways i think chris canyon would be a god today very be, fair. Be, because he would have been able to have been out and that would have been a method i don't know if he would have chosen to be but he would have been able to be out and that would have been a a, a, a huge niche audience that would have immediately followed him and everybody else would be able to go everything this guy comes up with is awesome Look at all these moves he's doing. <laughs> Everything. I mean, like also like the like I don't know, man. The Mortis character was so yeah. far be like uh, uh, ahead of its time. That guy was awesome. And another guy uh, around that same time who nobody knew what to do with because nobody that size was doing that stuff was Mike Awesome, mm-hmm. who was so oh, amazingly call. strong, but like like agile and everything. And nobody really knew what to do. I'm saying like they're like that old school, but like they, yeah, that's 20 yeah, years ago. You're right. So like those are guys were just ahead of their time. And those are the ones I like to look at and go, like, man, if that guy just just come along 10, 15 years later, like that would have they would have owned. And so, you know, you never know. But like as far as we want to go that far back, I think Piper would be able sure. to get himself over oh, big time. in in front of any crowd in any way he wanted to that guy was a miracle on the mic um you know this mjf's favorite he studies yeah. all his stuff i mean yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's it's up to me that that seems kind of obvious but yeah i'm i'm yeah i mean those those are the guys i always think about of the guys at the time like also another another dude who if, if like that he just he just disappeared from the face of the earth blitzkrieg the the that that cruiserweight from the wcw who only had a few matches for like one summer and like wowed everybody, never won because they were putting over another guy at the time, but he was amazing. And then he just, just retired, just went away. I think he was a teacher, but like that yeah. guy would have would would have absolutely been an indie god. And somebody would have signed him just because of all the crazy stuff he could do. Luna Vashon and China to me would stand out in today's uh, with their with their mentality yeah. and how they were. We've well, we lost so many wrestlers so that were I mean, yeah. God, they would yeah. be in places today yeah Yeah. good polls good polls jesse ozai says it's my birthday for 34 minutes that was a while ago so i'm assuming you're on the other side of it now but i'm 42 and now sad about being old along with the black bull combat club and dark order breaking up but alex has a great hat he does have a great hat and you are Mm -hmm. not old at that age please you're just starting bro yeah Happy, happy, happy birthday. You're always such a welcome spirit around here and always being supportive and way smarter than any of us. So if you think like you're old, you're actually just like, you're way wiser than you are your years. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, 
Alex, we have a couple of jukeboxes for you if you oh, want do to. You? We oh, okay. do. Um, Jake Salazar wants um, uh, wants Riedel to sing "You Name It" by Shirley Caesar. What? You you name it or your name? Singing your no, that's not it. No, you name it by that's a different. <laughs> I think I, I okay. Uh, hold on. Yeah, I think I think uh, Luis found the wrong one. Um, yeah, I believe so. Um, so hold on, I got it now. Uh, I think he found something else. Oh, that's what, of course, what it is. Um, uh, hold on. Where, where? Give me get. Here we go. Oh, where, where are the, here were the lyrics? Where are the here were the lyrics? What? In the meantime, I'll remind you to subscribe to Fightful Select. Join us tomorrow for the Survivor Series post show. You'll also have your main channel post show as well. We've got coverage coming out of WrestleCade as well. Sean is down there as we speak. Alex, get away. Look. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lambs, rams, hogs, dogs. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbit, you name it. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, ram, hogs, dogs. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbit, you name it. Um, if you have no idea what's going on, tune in Tuesdays for the NXT post-show. Mm-hmm. Half the people mm-hmm. don't really watch NXT and just hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the most explanation you'll get because this is mm-hmm. just funny otherwise. Uh, and then Ricardo the ODV says, Hi, guys. Happy late Thanksgiving and an early Merry Christmas to all the SGS. I want to hear Paul Paul Pulowski reading Twas the Night Before Christmas. Uh, uh, Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Uh, Stockings were hung by the chimney with care and hopes that St. Nicholas would be there. Uh, Children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads and Mama in her kerchief and I in my turkey cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap when uh, out on the lawn there rose such a clatter I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window, I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow, and what luster midday lobbies below. What to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh? A tiny reindeer, but that little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. For rapper leaders, courses that came, and the whistle of Solomon called him by me. Now, Dasher, now, Dancer, now, Prancer, and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, a Donner, and Bitch, and Top of the Porsche. Top of the wall, dash away, dash away, dash away all. It's a very long poem. I'm not going to do all of it. What? Made even better by the hat. Made even better. But guys, thank you so much for joining us. I know this was a little longer because it was me at two Alex's and we had so much going on on both programs. We got a heel turn from 10. We got Kevin Owen showing up, causing dissension in the bloodline. Becky Lynch coming back. Thank you, thank you for being on this journey with us today. But Cardoza, where can the good people find you? Very simple. You can head over to Instagram and look for Alexis Cardoza. Very, very fun guy to watch and listen. Yeah, yeah just go there, man. That's that's where you're gonna find all, <laughs> all the good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. I love you all, and I appreciate everyone who's been 
uh, so nice and complimentary and all that good stuff, man. This this is a really good family to be a part of. Well, thank you for coming along this year. We appreciate it. And Alex, I know where you're going to be tomorrow, but where else are you going to be? Uh, you, you can find me on the Twitter, such as it is, for as long as it exists, uh, <laughs> at Alex Sour Graps. Uh, uh, and uh, every Tuesday with uh, with this oh, oh, there, there we go. With this girl over here, uh, where we do a variety hour talking about whatever the hell NXT has become. Uh, and then on Monday nights, um, talking about Raw. And Friday nights, usually on a regular schedule, uh, I will do a watch along of Rampage while talking about SmackDown before these two get started. So, hey, put me on the second screen and uh and and watch me talk give my thoughts about smackdown while watching rampage and then listen to these guys all wrestling all night on fightful on uh on fridays heck yeah and did you mention wednesdays did i miss it they do the dynamite no i didn't mention wednesdays but you know what whatever it's it's (laughs) it's 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 just it's it's sean's show i i i'm along for the ride stop it was you and alba this week so it was it was it was fun that was fun uh, you can catch me here every Friday, usually starting at 11 o'clock uh, or 11.10, doing the AW Rampage and SmackDown post-show Tuesdays, as Alex said. This Alex specifically said, doing the NXT variety hours that we do over there. Uh, Wednesdays at the Mark Order podcast, Excite Wrestling Commentary, not for the month of December, but starting again in 2023. In upstate New York, twitch.tv slash Excite Wrestling with no E. This is wrestling. Of course, it's just getting the Wrestling Society X. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a restful rest of your holiday. And most of all, join us tomorrow for your Survivor Series post show on Fightful Select or on the main channel. But like, hang out with us because, like, look at this hat, you know? But. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.